Good evening. Today is August 30th, 2023, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Into Action, Step 7, and our speaker tonight is Miss Amy B. Thank you, Sally, and thank you, Chanel, and thank you, everybody, for your service here tonight. Um, thank you, Carla, for timing, everybody who read, and everybody for just being here and being a part of this community and this collective. This is my home meeting. This is my family. This is my heart, um, and I am just really grateful to be here with all of you tonight talking about step seven. and. I will put a pin in that for just like the briefest of moments in order to qualify, um, just to let you know how I earn my seat in this fellowship, because, um, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. I'll go through them super quickly. This is one of the ways that my disease expressed itself, um, which is to say binge eating, hurting myself with food and food behaviors in an extreme manner that was physically, emotionally um, at damaging to me. Um, this is another way that I used extreme food uh, abuse and food behaviors just in a different direction to hurt myself. It looked like extreme restriction and over-exercising to the point of physical injury. I have a, something wrapped around my knee in that last photo. I might have more pictures of this side of the disease, but I was in no less pain physically or emotionally. And I was hurting myself with the food and the food behaviors just as much here. Um, I had gone back and forth a bunch of times. This is a photo of one of those times that like I had kept it off for a while. I really thought um, that things had changed um, and um they hadn't uh, because I, these are before the rooms of OA. I did not know that I needed a spiritual solution and all that I really had was physical recovery. I knew how to, you know, be obsessive about calorie counting and exercising. So I was able to lose weight and my desperation was enough that I was actually able to keep it off for a while, but I didn't have a spiritual solution. Um, so while my desperation grew, my um, sanity or health did not. And I went from here to here. This is my first, the first day of my current abstinence, the second, my second day in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. It's five years, three months, 28 days ago. I think I got that right. Um, this is a graph of my weight in the 25 years before I came into the rooms of OA. These are hundred pound swings or more. Um, I have this graph titled a powerless and unmanageable life. It's basically my entire adult life. I wanted to get that out of the way quickly because I do want to talk about step seven. But the, the point is, is that um, I, my problem is a spiritual solution. And that's how I ended up in the rooms of OA is that um, my life was falling apart. And I was in a therapist's office and I, because my life was falling apart, I mentioned to her, um, at the end of the appointment as an aside that I had gained and lost over a hundred pounds multiple times. And I couldn't believe I had to do it again. And she immediately said, you need OA. And I said that I was going to have a problem with the God thing. And um, I am so grateful that I was desperate enough 
and in enough pain and out of ideas enough to um, overlook that and give it a try. Um, I do not have a problem with the God thing. And that is um, amazing. And it happened very, very quickly. Um, but I'm here tonight to talk about step seven. Um, and it's amazing because I did not realize when I first put in my calendar to speak on step seven tonight that it was going to be the night of a full moon and not just a full moon, but a super moon and not just a super moon, but a blue moon, which is a very rare occasion and full moons. And I won't stay long on this because it's an outside issue. I understand full moons are about release are about letting go. And step seven, two is about letting go. And this is one of the ways when I said I thought I was gonna have a problem with the God thing, I get to choose my own conception of God. And the God that I have chosen, <laughs> I am connected to in ways that this that I didn't even know that I was going to speak on step seven in a day that is personally connected to my spirituality about release and letting go. That's how God works in my life in a way that is personal to me. So the God thing didn't look like I thought it was going to look like, but, Oh, and one more thing I just wanted to say uh, with the qualification, because um, I always forget to say this. I am, again, a 100-pounder. I've lost uh, 130 pounds in this program. Um, it's the five-year-plus number is, I say that as testimony that this program can work over a protracted period of time longer than I had ever, you know, managed to, I mean, if we're just talking about the weight, do that before. But really, it's always day one because it's always one day at a time because I'm always a compulsive overeater. And this is a spirituality, a spiritual malady that has no cure, but it has a treatment that works one day at a time. And those one day at a times for me have added up to five plus years. And that is a drop in the bucket over the course of that graph and over the course of my life and please God over the course of my life to come. And it's all just going to be one day at a time. So, okay. Step seven, <clears throat> step seven in the big book is brief. It's a paragraph and it begins with when ready. So I kind of have to back up a little bit to sec step six because when ready to what? So um, are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable, which happened in step five. The things which I have admitted are objectionable, not the things that I did or the way that I reacted, but what about that that was objectionable? And that was a deep dive in my most recent trip through the steps. This is what I wrote um, in my notes. Do I find it objectionable that I have so much self-reliance? Ooh, this one is personal to me. Uh, do I find it objectionable that I am so caught in the binary all the way to the worst outcome, the worst person, the worst everything, or needing everything to be perfect? No doubt, no fear, any uncertainty at all is a red flag that needs five alarms. 
I, I believe in my heart that like everything is about balance, that everything comes with another side. And I do. So do I find it objectionable that in my spiritual malady, I am trapped in these all or nothing mindsets. And then the fear deep down inside me that God hates me or has assigned me pain or loss or badness. Is it objectionable that that's my idea of God, that my greatest fears are running my life? That's what I learned really in step five. Step four was like this bloodletting of getting it all on paper and really letting it have a voice, all of the fears and the and the delusions that drive those like selfish, self-seeking actions that just cause me pain and wreckage. And like sort of pointing out that like the fears underneath it that like I just... that I'm alone, that, that God doesn't love me or has abandoned me or, or, you know, um, do I find that objectionable that even in so much love of a higher power that like deep down inside, when I really look at it, that that's what those fears mean to me. So, okay. So am I ready to let God remove from me? these things that I have admitted are objectionable. <sighs> Am I ready to let God remove from me? And I used to say, you know, I'm never ready. Am I really ever ready? Does it matter if I'm ready, ready or not, right? Like, what are my choices? What do I want? Do I want to keep living this way? Am I ever really ready? Okay, so like I see, uh, and I still, you know, that's still sort of the layer of my understanding um, and also there's this consideration around, um, I don't have to know how to do it to be ready for it. I don't have to necessarily be okay with letting it go to be ready. That's that's really like the idea that I am so afraid to let these protections, what I saw as protections, that I've been so afraid to let them go and trust and rely. And I don't know how to do that. So in step seven, all I can do is ask. I think of it, there was a lot around nature. And I mean, this is backing up a little bit to five in terms of the nature of our wrongs and the idea around nature being um, the characteristic in something that's inherent in it and cannot be changed. So the nature of my wrongs is that they are planted with these fears, with these Fears that don't, that are totally self-reliant with these fears that are all about holding on to like 
my scariest, worst beliefs in a binary that I don't even believe in. So asking that to be removed, the idea that like nature, so I've planted this fear and it just grows terrifying things. So I need to instead plant God, but first like the fear has to be dug up and removed by the root, right? Talks a lot about root and branch and all of those things because of what grows from it, nature. So I don't know. I don't know how to dig that up. I don't have the tools. I only know how to plant that. So there's something about letting go in step seven, asking for it to be removed. The acknowledgement that like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I don't know how to live without this stuff that I have built up around me. But I know that I need to. I know that I want to. I've seen the pattern of what it does to me. Is that ready? The idea around nature, about what is planted grows, about if I plant fear, I only get fear. If I plant God, I, which I associate with love, then I get love. If I plant faith, then I get faith. Um, I think that in step seven, the that's the piece of the humility in it, is the recognizing that like what the only thing I need that I know how to do can't be I can't keep doing I can't keep planning fear and I don't know how to dig dig it up the humility in saying like I don't even know how to clear the slate and start over step seven is like step three with teeth because step three is this surrender built on like a wish and a hope you know, this this understanding that like I'm powerless, my life has been uncom- unmanageable, I need a power greater than myself, and I will do anything to get that power in my life, I am ready to surrender. And then there's that four, five, and this six, and then seven asked me, am I ready to surrender when I recognize what it is I'm really surrendering? which is all of this stuff that is planted deep in my roots that my that the soil of my soul clings onto in fear and desperation. Oof. I um I I I want I want to be taken care of by something else. Because while I understand that that fear was really trying to protect me, and I'm grateful for it, really. And I think that's a little bit a part of the humility in the prayer is realizing that um, I did the best I could in that moment. And maybe there's a new best I can if I can just, (laughs) if I can just realize that I don't, there's nothing I can just do um, except let go. 
Step seven is in the chapter into action. And it is an action, this release, this letting go to come around full circle um, to the idea of release and letting go as the theme of step seven with humility. Um, and to think about the moon and the rarity of the moon and how great nature is nature and how um, blessed I am to be given like this small fleeting glance at how powerless I am in all of it and how much better off I am just letting go. Uh, hmm. Step seven is a prayer, and it's a prayer that ends in amen, whereas the step three prayer doesn't end in amen. And I've heard in the rooms proposed that, like, step three is the beginning of the prayer, and then step seven is where the prayer ends. And I heard recently in the rooms that, like, what if four, five, and six are part of the prayer, too? Three minutes what if it's thank you, Carla? And I love that consideration. Like, what if the prayer begins in step three? This openness to surrender, faith, trust, rely, and then the action behind it, culminating in the step seven letting go, release. I love that idea. I think it's beautiful. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing all of your ideas. Um, thank you for sharing with me tonight. I'm so grateful for every one of you, my family. Thank you for letting me do service, I pass. Oh, Amy, Amy, Amy. Sometimes there are no words. Um. I can know I can speak for the group how much we love and appreciate you, especially I love and appreciate you for starting this meeting because it's my favorite meeting where I feel most loved and safe. And um, and I love you sharing your journey with us. So thank you so much. And I'm sure a lot of people want to share um, Chantel. So I'm just going to be quiet and call on name. Chantel, go ahead, my dear. Hi. Wait, I, I was supposed to say you have three, three minute chairs. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. And I believe Carla is timing us. And thank you, Carla. Perfect. Thanks. Um, hi, I'm Chanel, and I'm a grateful compulsive eater living in recovery by the grace of God today. Amy, wow. You know, I have heard podcasts of yours, but I've never seen the pictures. And you also painted pictures for us tonight. And I want to thank you for that. I want to point out for anybody who's on the podcast, not only did Amy have a graph that actually shows her powerlessness and unmanageability, which I've never seen before. And I'm, I don't know, I could totally nerd out over that. But even though I'm not typically a graph maker, I love that. But also you really helped me see something. If, if I ever share my story again anywhere, um, the fact that you showed the pictures where you looked like everything was all together. 
I have some of those too. When I was an exercise bulimic, when I was dieting, like some kind of a maniac, I was so nuts between the ears, but I sure looked good. I looked better than I probably ever will again. I was younger and all I cared about were my looks. And now, yeah, it's nice to have the weight leaving. I'm really glad to release it. It's continually leaving the slowest it ever has in my life. And I'm okay with that. Because why? Because there's so much more to it when you're talking about planting faith to get faith. I was always planting fear. I was always planting resentment. I was always planting selfishness, but in a but I'm doing it to help you. My dishonesty, all of that, and wondering why I was getting all these nasty weeds like scotch broom all over my life that were hurting everybody. It was wreckage. It was hurting everyone. And I just love, and I also love that blue moon. I didn't know that about a blue moon, that that's about release. How perfect for this talk. There's so much more I could say. I'd rather hear others. Thank you very much. I'll pass. Thanks, Chanel. Katie? Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Katie, do you recovered in Boston? And, oh, Amy, it was spectacular. Um, I think what I got the most from you is you said some line about how these behaviors hurt us and, like, we have to change. And um, I just had one of those days where it was like... <clears throat> I felt all of the resentment and then I sat down and I just started writing and God just showed me, you know, my arrogance and my self-righteousness. And uh, it was so amazing because I did an outreach call and um, nobody was around. And I was like, okay. And I just felt really guided and I felt like God was just <clears throat> pointing out to me the exact nature of my wrongs in a very loving way and in a way that was like hopeful because it showed me who I truly am, which is there's a bit of good in me and there's a bit of bad in me <clears throat> and what that does to me and to other people. And I just feel like God loves me so much that I don't have to end my day not knowing how I impacted other people. And I don't have to impact my day thinking I was the worst person, but I also don't have to end my day thinking being in some oblivion where I'm having <clears throat> no impact on the people around me and the people I love. And I get to reflect on, you know, what would my husband say about my day and what would my kids say about my day? Um, and so I just loved really hearing that process and also really hearing about nature because I really connect with God. I have a very, <clears throat> you know, I don't remember, I don't know the word, like heteronormative sort of God and that he's my father and things like that. But I also really get a lot from nature. And I love the discussion about root and branch and all of that. I just, I can geek out on that for a thousand years as well. And um, it's just so symbolic. So I just, I'm so grateful that you're so relatable. And I also want to give a shout out to this meeting. I just, feel so loved and at home when I'm here and um and thank you and with that I pass thank you Katie Joanna thank you thank you hi everyone Amy you just had me every word I walked with you I felt with you and I kept saying oh my gosh I'm not the only one oh my gosh I'm not the only one 
And that's what it's taken for me. I had to self-diagnose for myself and humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. When I first started these steps towards recovery, I didn't know what that meant. Humbly what? What was wrong with me? I so I thought. And it was through this wonderful process at every step, consciously realizing, oh shit, I got something to do with where I am in my life. It's not because of people or whatever, blaming people, places, or things. And by the time I got to step seven, I was ready to let go, to let go, to put it on that altar of sacrifice because I was done being sacrificed. And letting go of the blockages. And I love, you know, step seven, I'm in the AA uh, 12 and 12. Indeed, attainment of greater humility is the foundation principle of each AA's 12 step. It is coming in, I don't know what I don't know, and it's okay. I don't have to figure it all out. All I know from at step seven is there a, there's another way. I don't have to be ingrained in the, the thoughts and behaviors that fed my disease, fed this addiction, fed the bondage of self-pity, self-centeredness, self-seeking motives. And, and just the fact that I was ready for me to say, God, take it. At whatever degree, I didn't have to figure it out. That's all. Was a further surrender in this miraculous process. So thank you so much. I love you, Amy. You know, you're dear to me. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Joanna. Maureen? Hi, everybody. I'm Maureen, a compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, loved all the imagery. I'm a gardener, so it was so, you know, very apropos, apropos for, you know, my journey. And, um, you know, it like the thing with 12 steps and these steps is you talked about surrender. And, you know, I know on step seven, um, and, and you also talked about things that were objectionable and those objectionable things are the things that, you know, in the big book, it talks about blocking me off from the sunlight of the spirit. And that's how I see those things in step seven, yet. I still think that they have some purpose, you know? So I still, I, I, I still have to sit down, you know, like I have to sit down with my, with my, uh, my anxiety, pain or what, whatever it is that, you know, why I don't want to let it go. And like you said, going back to the third step is, is, you know, paramount, you know, you're starting that journey in the third step. And then of course, when you do your 10th step, you got to go all the way back and go through those couple of steps again. But with that, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the goal to become more of who I was intended to be, who my higher power intended me to be. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention, I know there's a lot of people 
on tonight talking is that um, I grow moonflowers and my moonflower bloomed yesterday. And so this is big white orb. And then I saw the moon behind it. I've got pictures, you know, so if anybody wants pictures, I got them. You know? <laughs> but anyway, I will think of that every time I, you know, I think of the seven step now. Because I will, because I will think of what you talked about. So thank you for sharing that. Bye bye. Thanks, Maureen. Nancy P. Hi, everybody. Nancy P. Recovered in Western Massachusetts. So, um, Amy is just so awesome. But um, my share is that I think that step seven and step three bracket. Um, you know, I've come to my conclusion and I'm ready to start to get to work in step three. And then I start the work and I feel like all of the steps I'm driving a gigantic truck that has 50 gears. And with every gear, you know, you start out in first, like get it in the second and then endless gears. And then by the time you get to the, like, the middle or the little after the middle, then you're sort of cruising a little bit. And that's what I feel about step seven is where the rubber really begins, begins to hit the road. You know, it's sort of, it's the last or not the last, but it's the middle pitch of all the steps. You know, the wind up is step six and step seven is, you know, the pitch. I have all these metaphors for, you know, press, command, print, you know, like execute. This is it. And it reminds me of when I was having my first baby, I was like in labor and I thought this is really hard and it's painful. And then my son was born and I was like, you know, I kind of wanted to pick what I wanted. I wanted to pick and I wanted more than two choices, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't disappointed, but, you know, I was sort of, you know, not really ready for that. And that's kind of what step seven is for me. And then this giant truck with 50 gears gaining momentum with every step and, but not really ready, you know, but have to be ready. You know, like I wasn't like, when my baby came, I wasn't like, didn't have a chance to take a breather for a couple of years while I thought about whether or not I wanted to be a mother. You know, I had to take him home with me. <laughs> like I couldn't leave him there and go pick him up another time. And, um, you know, step seven is kind of the same. If I want to get better, I got to do step seven. And I can't like demand anything. You know, I was told by my one of my good friends in this program when I was complaining about something I said well I deserve she cut me off she said we deserve nothing and she's right I don't deserve anything but if I humbly ask you know like we've all told our kids what's the magic word you know um if when I humbly ask then I I'm provided with riches beyond my wildest dreams and and what I have actually found is I don't even have to ask I just have to you know, be there and be in a state of mind of not wanting, of not demanding, of not grasping. And um, I think that, you know, I get better at doing that every day. And I'll just wrap up with this. I just went over this with one of my sponsees today. You know, the essential elements are honesty, willingness, and humility. And when I think about elements, I think about the periodic table. Like those are the building blocks of everything that I, you know, that table is Three the building minutes, blocks Nancy. of everything that I've ever done. And and humility is one of the building blocks of my of the elements of my 
recovery, if I want to stay recovered, I have to do it in that way and no other. And thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Amy L. Hi, everyone. Amy here in California. Grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Amy. It's it's always a treat to hear you, see you. And I loved how you, you know, from the get-go, you said step seven is about letting go. But as others have said, we can't let go when we're holding so tightly. And that was always my problem. I still held tightly. And you also said in, you know, you said it, it's strange. I, I don't normally think in a binary way, but the truth is in my spiritual malady, I'm trapped in these all or nothing mindsets. And I so relate to that. And I couldn't understand it. It was as cunning, baffling, and powerful as my food addiction. Why did I do these? Why couldn't I live according to my principles? And I always felt like I didn't get how to do life. I didn't get it. And until this way of life where I'm shown that, no, I can't do it alone. And I thought as you were speaking of that phrase I heard over the years, we learn to something like discover, uncover, discard, and we don't do it alone. And I need a greater power. I need God to help me see what I cannot see alone because I plant seeds up here, but I don't even mean to plant them. It's like I'm in a trance and I develop a false self and I need God to show me who I am and who I am not. So anyway, I don't want to take up too much time. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you so much for your share. I pass. Thank you, Amy. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares.